Hi, this is Jenna. And this is Heather. And this is Conspiracies Unlocked. And today we are going to be doing a part seven of the UAP disclosure hearing that has been ongoing since July of 2023. Yes. And this is our final episode. No, you have one more, I thought. Well, they do go into overtime. So this is the final of the original. What yeah. was supposed to happen, it was supposed to only be two hours, and then they decided to go into overtime. Mm-hmm. Because I- it was just so interesting that they needed to have more information. So there will be a part eight. <laughs> well, it's going to be a bonus-ode, I would, or like a mini-ode. Uh, not a bonus-ode, a mini-ode. I don't know. Let's, yeah. just, let's just focus on part seven for now. Okay. So we start our final <laughs> meaty UAP disclosure hearing with Mr. Gates. Mr. Gates is our next speaker. He starts saying, several months ago, my office received a protected disclosure from Eglin Air Force Base, indicating that there was a UAP incident that required my attention. I saw the briefing regarding that episode and brought it with me. Congressman Burchett and Congressman Luna were also advised. We asked to see any other evidence that had been taken by the flight crew in this endeavor and to observe any radar signature as well as to meet with the flight crew. We were not afforded access to all of the flight crew and initially we were not afforded access to the images or the radar. We had a bit of a discussion of how the authorities flow in the United States of America, and we did then see images and met with one member of the flight crew who took the images. The image was of something that I am not able to attach to any human capability either from the United States or the Armed Service Committee. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Not the Arms City Arms Committee. But yeah, they, they wouldn't have any information on it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically he's saying that either United States or from any of our adversaries. Okay, so nobody. There's this technology, he cannot see it being from anywhere in the world. It's wow. basically what he's saying, from what they witnessed. He said that he is somewhat informed on the matter, having served overseas working on DARPA. And for those who do not know what DARPA is, DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, the Central Research and Development Organization for the United States uh, Department of Defense. So that's, he oversees DARPA. And he also oversees advanced technologies for several years. So he's not new to this. Mm-hmm. He's worked on advanced technologies. Yeah. He should have some knowledge of the way that these things move around. And he does. he's like, I don't even have, I don't have anything to tell you. I don't have any knowledge of that. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and all of his research and development with the DOD, he has never seen anything like that. So why are we, why are they interviewing him? No, he's saying that 
what he's not being interviewed he's a speaker oh, but okay. he's just this is his little comment comments before he starts asking questions oh he's that a question in, asker yeah okay. that in all of his time working with the DOD he's never seen the technology that they witnessed yeah so he's okay. saying it's not of this planet yeah so he's like confirming on the record that he believes it's not of this planet gotcha um he's just saying it in his very wordy way mm-hmm um then As they do yeah <laughs> Then he went on to say that he spoke with the flight crew who witnessed the UAP. When he showed us the footage that he took of the UAP, um, he asked, well, actually it wasn't footage, it was a, a photo. He asked, why wasn't video engaged? Like, if you're going to get a photograph, why not get a video of this thing shooting around or floating or whatever mm -hmm. it's doing? And he's, the crewman stated that they didn't have the FLIR system, which is, if you don't know what the FILR system is, it is the forward-looking infrared camera that is typically used on military and civilian aircrafts. It, they use a thermographic camera that senses infrared radiation. So, for whatever reason, the the jet that they were flying or whatever, you know, they were using, they didn't have that filtration system, that so they weren't able to see it with the infrared. Um, then he went on to say they were, this is what the pilot said, or this is mm -hmm. what the crew member said, is he said that they were out on a test mission that day on the Gulf of Mexico. So that's where they saw it, off the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. That's not where they usually see them. They're yeah, this is a new location. Yeah, this is a interesting. So it's, it's interesting because it's kind of like surrounding everywhere now. Yeah. All of America, they're kind of uh -huh. putting, because there was one in Alaska, there was one yeah. in the Pacific, now Gulf of Mexico, the, East Coast, it's like almost all around. Have you seen the memes where they're like, oh, aliens only visit America, they don't visit anywhere else, like, yeah, yeah it's weird. Mm-hmm. Well, they went to Mexico. I, I think that they, <laughs> I think that aliens do, like, they, I think that there are sightings everywhere. It's just we're here, so we only see them here. We don't see the news and all this, the yeah. social media and other places. Because we have our news, and we don't, unless you watch other. <laughs> yeah, like the BBC news yeah, or news. like the world news, I guess. I don't even know if it would make world news. I think that they have, like, Mexico did come out and said that they found some aliens and stuff, so it's, it is coming out more. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yes, for sure. Well, they definitely saw them off the Gulf of Mexico that day. He went on to say, when you're on a test mission, you're supposed to have clear airspace. You're not, you're not supposed to be, uh, there's not supposed to be anything that shows up. So when they do their test mission, they already have that area closed off for the test mission and any other aircraft are advised not to use that airspace. It's like when they work on a road or something, yeah. they have to close the road. Yeah, they have to close sure. the air for these tests. So there wasn't supposed to be anything. But there was. And what they saw was a sequence of four craft. So they have they saw four and a clear diamond formation. Wow. Um, he said for which there was radar sequence that I observed and he presented it to the United States Congress. One of the pilots would go to check out the diamond formation like he would go to fly towards it and check it out uh -huh. 
And um, when he did that, he saw a large floating orb. Wow. With the the formation, like a separate orb. Yeah, that's spooky. Yeah, and I don't. He didn't elaborate more of like if it was translucent or or if it was like solid or if it was like yeah. Um, I don't know what he just said. Floating orb. He went on to say, not of any human capability that I am aware of. When the pilot approached it, he said that his radar went down and his FLIR system malfunctioned. So, I mean, that says why they couldn't get the video. He had to manually take the image from one of the lenses and it was not an automated collection that you would typically see in a test mission. So then, um, after Mr. Gates discloses all of that information, he then goes on to his questioning and he starts with Commander Fravor. He asks, or he states, how should we think about the fact that this craft that was approached by our pilot had the capability of disarming a number of the sensors and collection systems on the craft? I mean, that's pretty concerning if Mm -hmm. it can shut down your jet. What if it gets just like, without even shooting a weapon at you, like a physical, like a a missile? It just, it just, what if it, it does some kind of other blast, like what do they call them, the EM... Uh, the electro yeah, yeah it probably does something like that and just like messes everything up yeah just like zap it but not even zapping it's like almost like I don't know what I'm trying to say I don't know but either you know what I, mean? I okay. do know what you mean though yeah I'm guessing it's something like that oh yeah. EMPG what's EMPG oh no I don't know go okay. on you guys know what we're talking about right yeah hopefully <laughs> um so we'll put it in the co- in the show notes <laughs> Uh, Mr. Fravor answered, stating, this goes to the national security side. You can go back in history of things showing up as certain areas and disabling our capabilities, which is disheartening for us. Like I said, it completely disabled the radar in the craft. And when I tried to do it, I could only see it passively. And that is how he ended up getting the image. So there wasn't anything that he can do to try to fix his his radar and such when he was in flight. He just had to wait for it to kind of pass. Yeah, for sure. What are you going to do? So um, that is a concern that, uh, what, oh, sorry. So that's a concern. What are these doing? Not only how they operate, how they operate but what their cap- capabilities are to do this. Things like this question um, that he asked next is how and how should we think about four moving craft in a very clear formation from one another in a diamond shape in all the phenomenon perhaps Mr. Graves that you've analyzed we have never seen have have we ever seen multiple crafts in a single formation Mr. Graves then answers I have one particular case that was during the gimbal incident. The recording of the FLIR system shows a single object that rotates. You hear the pilots refer to a fleet of objects that is not visible on the FLIR system. That was something that I witnessed during a 
debrief as part of a radar data on the situational awareness page. I would like to add, however, Congressman, there is a small bit of anger that those pilots are still facing that the difficulty in reporting this topic, they do not have the tools to be able to mitigate this issue. It goes to show how serious this is and why this is such an important issue for our pilots and for our nation. Mr. Gates then questions further and he states, it was stated explicitly to me by these test pilots, if you have a UAP experience, the best thing you can do for your career is just forget about it and not tell anyone at all. Because any type of reporting, whether above the surface or below the surface, does have a perceived consequence that these people, and it is a culture that we must change if we want to get the truth out for transparency. But Mr. Chairman, I would observe that perhaps as we move forward from this hearing, there are some obvious next steps. Every person watching this knows we we need to meet with Mr. Grush in a secure compartment. Oh my God, he totally called him out on that. <laughs> I know, it's so funny. Everybody knows we that we have to go, to go skip. skip. <laughs> we have to go into a skip with Mr. Grush. Right. Oh my gosh, so, so they're just like, fuck this, I'm not even yeah. going to talk to you. So well, I mean, they still question Mr. Grush throughout the rest of this hearing, but, but it's like, they already know what he's going <laughs> to say, but they, you know, the thing is they already have their questions written out. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't, they couldn't anticipate how he was going to answer beforehand. Um, no, sorry. I can't answer. I can't answer. I can't answer. Well, what the fuck are you doing there, Mr. Grush? <laughs> yeah, but it's just funny because he's like, everyone knows watching this. We need to meet with Mr. Grush at a skiff. <laughs> so that we can, him. Yeah. So he says, so that we can get answers that do not put him in jeopardy and gives us the information we need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Second, I would suggest that the radar imager, images that were collected of this formation of cracks, uh, cracks, crafts off of Eglin Air Force Base, and specifically the actual image taken by the actual flight crew that can actually be validated, be provided to these committees. And, sus and suspend if necessary so that we are able, oh, not suspend, uh, subpoenaed, subpoenaed, it, subpoenaed if necessary so we are able to track down and get this type of recording analysts done. That would be my recommendations humbly as a guest here of this fine oversight committee. I yield to the chairman. So yeah, get Mr. Grush into skiff and give the information that can be I wonder validated if, to the a proper authorities. Somebody who can then speak out that can well, actually talk about it. Yeah, like get pass the information along, please, Mr. Grush. Please pass it to somebody who isn't afraid of the big bad wolf. I mean, he <laughs> he he did eleven and a half hours with a bunch of different. Um, committees and or yeah, you know uh, uh, I don't know if they're com yeah like um, he already gave 11 and a half hours of statements mm -hmm. and I'm sure that he did provide some but it's it needs to be provided in a public setting is the main point public this is a public hearing and it needs the, if they want to do disclosure and they want to be transparent they have to let him speak you know yeah 
<laughs> he needs to speak. Yeah, like this is ridiculous. He's being silenced and he's protecting himself, which anybody would. Nobody wants to get Clinton these days. So, the chairman then calls on Miss Mays. Uh, she thanks everyone for their time and states today's hearing is of great importance and to our national security. Continuing, she states, earlier this year, a Chinese spy balloon was shot down off the coast of my home state, South Carolina. I still want to know what happened with the spy balloon. Did well, they go into it at all? They do not go into I it. I want to know what, what mm -hmm. happened. Like, all we knew is that they got it, they went and collected the pieces, but then what? They have been asking about it a lot in this, too. Good. If you remember the other yeah. uh, episodes, there was multiple Congress uh, people, you know, men and women, that were saying, hey, what happened with that? Where's the data? But that goes back to transparency. And remember, uh, Mr. Fravor stated that anything even collected on an iPhone is considered top secret uh, oh classification God. and they will confiscate it and scrub the phone and scrub the cloud and whatever they do to make it go away or only have copies for themselves. It's irritating. Yeah, and that's what happened with some of these. Yeah. So, I mean, we did have, you know, images that were put on the news of the spy balloon because, mm -hmm. or UAP, because it was te highly televised, but they didn't... They didn't tell us what any of the wreckage showed or anything. Uh-huh. And, you know, that will probably hopefully come out, but I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Especially if it was a true UAP and not a spy balloon, and it was something from another, you know, world or, or you know, planet or aliens or whatever. They're not going to give it to us right now. But this is the time to give it to us because it's a UAP hearing. This is the opportune moment. Yeah, but these people at the hearing, they don't even know. Yeah. They don't even know. Maybe Mr. Grush knows. <laughs> probably. He's probably behind the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> he might be the one that knows. Um, so, yeah, she goes on to say that, you know, the spy balloon was shot down off the coast of her home state, South Carolina. She went on to say, since the Roswell incident in 1947, many Americans have wondered about the dangers of unknown objects crisscrossing our skies. Mm -hmm. Whether these are UAPs or weather phenomenon or advanced technology from America um, or allies or enemy forces or something more out of this world. Um, she begins her questioning after her statements and she questions everyone stating, when you reported your experiences with the UAP, did any of you face any repercussions with your superiors? Yes or no? Uh, Mr. Graves and Mr. Fravor both stated no. Mr. Grush in his extra answer says, I've actually never seen anything personally, believe it or not. So this whistle whistleblower that knows everything has never seen anything? <laughs> Why is he the whistleblower? That's what I've been saying this whole time. I think he just wants to be up there. I, just want, I think he wants the fame. Do you think that the government chose him to be like their spokesperson, whistleblower, like say yeah. what we want you to say? Like little puppet. But then Mr. Fravor has a real incident, the Tic Tac, yeah. and that is like credible. It's been, it's been validated and everything. And then Mr. Graves, um, he's seen some stuff, but he doesn't, he doesn't, I don't know. Mr. Graves is kind of quiet. I mean, he yeah. talks, but what does Mr. Graves really know, even? 
What has he really said? I, I don't know. He hasn't really said much. I, I don't know. Nobody's really said too much. Mr. To Fravor has actually said the most. Yeah. yeah about the Tic Tac. Yeah. I mean, there was the red, um, the red one that was like the size of a football field. Yeah, that was crazy. And then and I he guess said that. there was that was Mr. Graves. Okay. Yeah, and then there was also um, now this one off the Gulf of Mexico. So, so there has been information, some. but Grush is nothing. Hmm. No. Grush is just skiff. <laughs> That's going to be our new word. Grush Any, is skiff. Anytime yeah. that anybody's secretive, we, we're going to start saying they're skiff. Like, Meet me in a skiff. They're skiff. <laughs> I have to they're, talk to they're you. Skiffy. They're skiffing. They're, they're skiffy. skiffy. <gasps> oh, it's a new slang. Yeah, it's a new slang. We just made up a new slang. Yeah. They're being skiffy. Yeah, you're skiffy. Yeah. It's like iffy. But, but you're skiffy. skiffy. You're skiffy because you're being all secretive. You're being skiffy. <gasps> you could tell. You could tell your daughter. You're 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 acting skiffy. And yeah. see what she says. You're skiff, <laughs> bruh. Yeah, no cap. No cap. You're skiff, bruh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so like. <laughs> Just roll for with real, it. For real, for real, for real, roll with it. Rolling with the homies. Rolling with the homies. <laughs> they don't say that anymore, I guess. No. No. No more kickbacks either. Mm mm. And no more Netflix and chill because you got to be together to do that. <laughs> I'll meet you on uh, Twitch or what is it? The live, live stream. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> a Twitch. It's like where people live stream. Aren't we live streaming? Is streaming? No, but I mean it's like uh, it's a community. I don't know. I don't even know. Okay. okay. So anyway, we're gonna get back to Mr. Miss Mays. So she uh, then her next question is: Do you think there's an active disinformation campaign within within our government to deny existence of UAPs? Yes or no, Mr. Graves? I do not have an answer to that, Mr. Grush. As previously previously stated publicly, publicly, <laughs> yes, Mr. Fravor. Here we go. I think previously with Project Blue Book. You mean Project Blue Book that doesn't exist that everyone says that is not real? That Project Blue Book? Project Blue Book. Yes. Because it's only a conspiracy until it's proven right. And this is just Boom. proven on a public hearing. Project Blue Book. Yes. Is real. And not only was it yes real, but it was hugely part of a disinformation campaign from our U.S. government. Um, he went on to say, but currently, I do not speak for the U.S. government. So he's just saying, like, those are my thoughts. That's not the U.S. government thoughts. Okay. But he confirmed, but he Project confirmed that it's real. Yeah. Which is better than we've ever gotten with anything else. I know my eyelashes are falling out. I don't want that to get in your eyeball. I know. I scratched <laughs> my eyeball and my eyelashes started to fall out. I have fake eyelashes, guys. They're very hard to upkeep, too. She has the lash, lash extensions. I have to go every two weeks so they can put them on, and I lay there. Isn't it relaxing, though? No. Oh, it's not? No! They, like, tape your eyelids apart from each other, oh and, like, <laughs> and then the fumes, like, like, yeah, it's it's crazy. And then the fumes. The fumes? Yes! So and I, your eyeballs don't fall off? They're trying to. <laughs> No, the fumes are really bad, and, like, so the first few times I was like, oh, my God, my there's glue in my eyes, and they were like, it's physically impossible because they barely use any glue, but they were like, it's um, it's the fumes from the glue that's burning your eyes. Oh, my so God. So they have to put a fan on my eyeballs 
to like like get the fumes out to like air out my eyeballs. Ouch. And then the upkeep on the fucking eyelashes, I have to like wash them and brush them every day and like it's like a lot of work. I just use mascara. It's too much work for me. Well, but but I can go some mornings I don't have time to put on makeup or anything and I can just leave with no makeup on because it doesn't look like I'm a cracked out whore mm -hmm. because my eyelashes are still there. Yeah, I do. If I do just like put a minimal makeup on, it's always mascara and like just yeah. lip gloss or something. And yeah. I'm good. Yeah. But I have to have um, mascara because otherwise I feel like I look sleepy. You look like a ghost. Like it looks like there's nothing around you, just two yeah. little pupils floating in the yeah, air. I feel space like I just time. look really. And my eyes, my lashes are actually pretty long for um, not having the extensions. I'm yeah, like, my, my eyelashes are like blonde or something they're very light so it really looks like I'm sickly yeah I know what you mean because it starts something. looking like like they fell out or something yeah okay so let's get back to the next question from Miss Mays um, she questions Mr. Graves specifically and she asks him what percent of UAP sightings do you believe go unreported by our pilots Mr. Graves stated that this is an approximation based on his personal experiences speaking and speaking with a number of pilots. He would estimate somewhere of only a 5% reporting. Wow. So of all of the UAPs that are seen, only 5% of those actually get reported. That's insane. Yeah, so not... That makes sense, though. Yeah, so at, at first I had to reread, I had to re-listen because I was like, wait, does he mean only 5% of pilots see UAPs? No, he meant only 5% report what they see. That's crazy, because then you have to also think of how much more is out there that they don't see, because... Do you know how many times, like, you look up and you think you see something out mm -hmm. of the corner of your eye and it could have been a UFO, but you don't even know and you just kind of dismiss it? It's not like we're calling the fucking NASA to be like, hey. Oh, yeah, so We just fast. saw something. Yeah. Like, oh, so it imagine, a bird or Yeah, something. or a shooting star or whatever. Imagine all the times like that where you where they don't know, where, like, you, just as a normal person, you don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Or air, air, even, I'm sure oh, air, pilots know, do the same thing. We were talking about Starlink earlier. Yeah. And a lot of people are not really familiar with what Starlink is. I know people that didn't even know Starlink existed. So when they saw it in the sky, yeah. they thought it was like a formation of UFOs. I, I would imagine because, yeah. But it's Starlink. Luckily, um, luckily when Starlink first, like they first did it, I was in Bakersfield at a race and Brad's friend was like, look, they just launched Starlink. It's going to go past us right now. So mm -hmm. it was like 10 o'clock at night. So we all looked up. So we saw it. So now whenever I see it, I'm like, oh, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Or else I would have been freaked out. Could you imagine me in the middle of the desert and be like, this is it. Bye, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I We're going to die now. Like, I'd be freaked yeah. out. I would have believed that it was, too, because everybody, you always hear about different formations people mm -hmm. see. And it's like, literally, it's like, it's like a parade of satellites going through the air and you can mm -hmm. see it with your naked eye and it's literally like there, I think that it's like, like twenty thousand is there like twenty thousands like twenty thousand it's it's the and it takes forever for it all to go through. I don't think there's twenty thousand Yes, there's thousands. Sure, I'll Google it right now. I'm telling you. You keep going and I'll Google okay. Um yeah please Google it because I, I want to see more about that. So um then after he said that there's only five percent reporting by these uh uh, pilots, commercial pilots, 
um, and uh, military pilots. He, she then asked, or she then stated, so 95% seen... Over, sorry, really quick. It's over 5,000 right now, but they're planning to do 42,000. It's oh, over 5,000 5, um, Starlink satellites right now that just go by all in a row. I thought it was more than that. It's weird because when I look at it in the sky, it looks like maybe like only 20 little lights. But yeah, no, it's more than that. Well, 5,000 satellites doesn't mean it's 5,000 in a row. It just means there's 5,000 collectively, like, in the yeah. airspace or in the space it's around. It's 300. Oh, hold on, wait. It orbits 342 miles above Earth. See, look. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. Have you seen, like, the, the AI images of what the Earth is going to look like with, like, the grid all around it? No. Like, it's that, and by 20-something, I don't know, it's just going to, you can Google it right now, it'll come up. Oh, yeah, I guess that could look like 5,000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, the whole, like, imagine the there, Earth. There, look at that picture. Oh, yeah, it's way more than 20. Yeah. Imagine the Earth, you know, sphere, and then imagine, like, a, um, like a net around it. I guess they call it Skynet. But what? it's not Skynet. But is it just a like, whole bunch of like, like a net around it, like a fish in a net? We're the fish in the net. It's like we're the globe mm. in the net, and then the net is just a web of uh, satellites, and to power the Earth. Earth. That's so crazy. That doesn't. That sounds spooky, like sci-fi. I mean, we are we're, we're hitting sci-fi. Yeah, I love sci-fi too. Yeah. Skynet, and Skynet, I think, is from RoboCop. <laughs> I think that's where Skynet came from. Oh, my gosh, how funny. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so only, you know, 95% do not get reported. Uh, they do not report the UAPs. Oh, Terminator Skynet, not RoboCop. Oh, sorry, I'm looking up Skynet right now, so she just, like, glanced over and saw what I was looking at. Yeah, we always have a computer um, up to like fact check things as we're speaking or um, just I'm, like look up things. Yeah, I'm like so ADD that I have to have like something else going on in my life. I want to like, I was just thinking about it. I should have like, I should start um, like knitting. So while you're talking, I can No, knitting. don't knit. That doesn't help the podcast. <laughs> this is perfect. We need to have, no, you're like, it's like the producer, you know, like on other air sh um, radio shows and yeah. stuff, they always have somebody like, they'll look it up and then they'll tell them in their ear, you know. Yeah, like, but. You're we, looking it up and yeah. you're, we're just telling everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so then Miss Mays goes on with her next question. <laughs> it's okay. And, um. She talks about the incident off of Virginia Beach, which she says, do you believe the Navy took the danger to your aircraft seriously after it was reported? Which is another incident Mr. Graves was um, involved in in Virginia Beach when um, he saw UAP and the dangers uh -huh. that he was in. Mr. Graves did say, absolutely. Um, then she had a few questions for Mr. Fravor. That's good that they took him seriously, though. Because mm -hmm. I could picture them just, like, blowing him off, just being like, oh, yeah, sure, dude, buddy, okay. Yeah, I know. They took it seriously, and that's, I mean, it was very important because it's, like, national security. Like, and, and also, if these have the capability of totally making your 
all your systems pause, like the radar and everything just stop temporarily and just on pause, like, what else could it do to you? Could it just make you crash? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I bet it could. I, I definitely think that, yeah, definitely it can fuck with our systems and shit. And mm -hmm. like, yeah. So then uh, she started her questioning with Mr. Fravor, and she started by stating, as an expert naval aviator, have you seen an object that looked and moved like the Tic Tac UAP? No, he simply answered. Then she asked him, did the Tic Tac UAP move in such a way that defied laws of physics? Mr. Fravor stated, yes, the way we understand physics. She then asked Mr. Fravor and stated, many dismiss UAP reports as classified we weapons testing by our own government, but in your experience as a pilot, does our government typically test advanced weapon systems right next to multi-million dollar jets without informing the pilots? Hmm. He says, no, they don't. We have test ranges for that. Yeah. I like how she throws in there next to multi-million dollar jets. Mm-hmm. Like, this is American taxpayer money. They're just going to, like, compromise a multi-million dollar jet. Yeah. And there's multiple. <laughs> And she then said, it took over 15 years for your encounter with the Tic Tac to be uh, declassified. This happened 15 years That's ago. That's crazy. Yeah. 15 fucking years to be declassified. What's the difference if they'd done it then, now, whenever? Like, what, what, why did it suddenly get declassified? And that's exactly what she asked. She says, do you feel there is a good reason to prevent, prevent lawmakers from having access to this footage? Yeah. And he simply said, no, I think it was just ignored when it happened. It just sat somewhere in a file and it never got, the report never got, um, you know, looked into. It was basically not reported. That's crazy. Miss Mays laughed at the answer, um, mm -hmm. not at him, but just like, she just kind of chuckled and she said, uh, that happens a lot here too, shocker. <laughs> Did you really say shocker? Yeah. She was like, shocker. Oh, my gosh. She then moved on to Mr. Grush. Uh-huh. Uh, she asked, what percentage, uh, what percentage of UAPs do you feel are adequately investigated by the U.S. government of the 5% that are actually reported? Mr. Grush uh, answered, I can only speak for my personal leadership over NGA. I tried to look at every report that came through that I could triage. So... Going back to him saying he's never seen anything, he has seen the reports and he has seen images and footage because he would oversee the, uh, he was the task, UAP task force, but he didn't personally see it hit just himself yeah. in the sky. So, so he didn't personally witness it, he's seen the reports. But he's seen the reports Got and it. the photographs and the videos that have been presented Maybe to him. Maybe that's why he's not allowed to say it because it's not his experience. Yeah, it's, it's somebody not his, else's story to tell, not his story to tell. So maybe that. Yeah, it's not his personal account. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's part of the reason why he's so, like, skiffy. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty skiffy. Mm. Uh, she then asked Mr. Grush, do you believe that officials at the highest level of our national security apparatus have unlawfully withheld information from Congress and subver subverted our oversight authority? 
Mr. Grush answers, there are certain elected leaders that have had more information. I'm not sure what they shared with certain Gang of Eight members, but um, certainly uh, I would not be surprised. She then asked him and stated, you have stated that the government is in possession of potentially non-human spacecraft. Based on your experience and conversations with experts, do you believe our government has made contact with intelligent extraterrestrials? Mr. Grush stated, that is something I cannot disclose in a public setting. Miss Mays then says, well, laughing, okay, I can't ask you when you think this occurred then. Her next question was, if you believe we have crap, if you believe we have crashed craft, as stated earlier, do we have the bodies of these pilots who piloted these craft? Mr. Grush stated, as I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Miss Mays asked further, were they human or non-human biologics? Mr. Grush actually answered non-human. Ooh. He was able to say that. He did say non-human. And that was the assessment of people with direct knowledge of the program that I talked to who are currently still on the program. Miss May's question, was this documentary evidence with video, photos, eyewitness, how would that have been determined that they're non-human? Mr. Grush said, the specific documentation I would have to talk to you in this <laughs> about. He's so skippy. He's very skippy. Miss <laughs> Mays then says, you may or may not be able to answer my last question. Maybe we can get into a skiff oh, <laughs> at yeah. the next hearing. You know what's interesting? A skiff, I just looked it up on, the, on like the definition of it. It's a shallow, flat-bottomed open boat with sharp bow and square stem. Yeah, but you have to go with skiff military. Or I wonder if it's skiv. Is it skiff? I F F or is it I V? It's it's this C S S C I F. Oh, it's oh I didn't realize that it was a it's not a real word it's a it's a acronym. That's the one. I just write skiff so I know how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, like that's how, that's exactly because <laughs> I sometimes write phonetically. A sensitive compartmented information facility pronounced skiff. Yeah. Wow. So that's I write so it the way that you say. And remember when I went in that box on the USS Midway? Oh, fuck! It's just small. It's longer, but that's basically was a skiff, right? Yeah. I went in a skiff. We'll save that well, for another. I, I think that it was actually to test the hearing It stuff, was, but that's was basically what it is. But yeah, we could have. We could have talked in there about yeah, anything and nobody would have heard shit. Mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of like here. Yeah. So it's basically like a shipping container size box that's like heavily... Um, Soundproof. Soundproof, guarded, um, you know, everything. It even has cameras on it the outside a, yeah. so you can see who's coming and going with a keypad to get in. That's and crazy. Really heavy, solid doors like a vault. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Keep going. So um, she then does say, you may or may not be able to answer my last question. Maybe we can give, get into a skiff at the next hearing. <laughs> Stop saying skiff. It's funny. No. 
It's becoming Well, funny. I gotta get through Well, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Just I go. mean, that's what she... They say skiff. I have to say what they I say. I know. Keep they going. Say I'm just gonna giggle every time we say skiff. Um, we have to get into this skiff at the <laughs> next hearing uh, that we have. But... But... Who in the government, what agency, sub-agency, what contractors, who should we call into the next hearing about UAPs, either a public setting or even in a private setting? You probably can't say names, you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, do we need to call in to get these questions answered? Whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, or what is really out there? Mm-hmm. Mr. Grush then says, I can give you specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals that were in those. And she asks, how soon can we get the list? Meet you in the skiff. No, he says, I'm happy to provide you that after the hearing. So she got her list after the hearing. Really? Yeah, he can give her the list, but he cannot say it in a public setting. And he can hand her a list. He's not saying anything verbally. It's yeah. it's up to her to keep that. That paper will be top secret. You know, yeah. it's like. Um, so then Mr. I mean, Miss Mays, uh, she said super and said thank you. And she yielded back. Uh, the chairman then called on Mr. Langworthy. Mr. Langworthy, as you recall in our, one of our previous episodes, he was skipped over. And he was like held kind of for the last um, for whatever reason. So now he's called upon, and he directs all of his questions to Mr. Fravor, specifically regarding the Tic Tac incident. Um, the first question he had for Commander Fravor, he actually said, can you briefly describe your background um, for the record? Mr. Fravor states, I was an enlisted Marine Naval Academy graduate. In the Navy, I flew for 18 years. I got a master's from the University of Houston. I've worked in the private sector for 19, 16, um, maybe 17 years, and I do a lot of defense work. Mr. Langley said, so really gold-plated credentials. Commander Fravor, we have all seen the floating Tic Tac video that you engaged with on November 14th, 2004. Can you- 20 years ago. Can, yeah, can you oh, 19, sorry. Can you briefly talk about why you were off the coast of San Diego that day? Mr. Favors says, "Yes, we were at a workup with all of the ba- battle groups. We in in integrate." Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't say that. We you integrate the ships with the carrier the air wing with the carrier and we start working we were doing an air defense to hone not only our skills but the uss princeton they have been tracking them meaning the uaps that they saw during that time for two weeks Wow. the problem was there was never mancraft airborne when they were tracking them um, this was the first day, and unfortunately, we were the ones airborne when we saw it. So for the first two weeks, they were just tracking it on their systems. I don't know if they put up drones or something, but they did not have manned aircraft, probably just as a safety precaution, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So when he went up there and his crew, they were the first people to see it. 
And it's funny how he says, unfortunately. Like, he, I don't <laughs> he's know like, why. God damn it. And he's like, now because of all the paperwork he had to do. Yeah. And he's still dealing with it now. So he's like, unfortunately, I got roped into this shit. Unfortunately, I was one of the people who saw it. Mystery Langley says, uh, do you remember the weather that day? Was it cloudy or windy or anything out of the ordinary on the Pacific coast? Mr. Fravor laughed kind of and he said, if you're familiar with San Diego, it was a perfect day. <laughs> Light winds, no white caps, clear skies, not a cloud. For flying, it was the best. Uh huh. Mr. Langley uh, then says, "It is true, and your is it true that in your words you saw a forty-foot flying tic-tac-shaped object?" Mr. Fravor simply answered, "Yes." For some people who do not know what a tic-tac is, it's like a flying propane tank. Like the shape. Yeah. Yeah. But it's larger, I yeah. would hope. No, yeah. it's 40 foot. Yeah, okay. It's yeah, 40 yeah, foot. Yeah, 40 okay. foot. But it's just like, the shape I of guess it. some people don't know what a Tic Tac is. I don't know. Maybe they don't have Tic Tacs in other countries and stuff because anybody can like watch this. Yeah. I need to stretch my legs out real quick. Hold I on. don't know. I feel like everyone should know what a Tic Tac looks like. Yeah, he's just it's saying. Like a bullet. He was just kind of being silly, capsule. too. Like, he's like, like oh, a, it's like a, a propane pill, tank. Like a you pill know? capsule. Yeah, like a pill or something. So, um, and then Mr. Langley says, fair enough. Did this object come up on radar or interfere with your radar or the USS Princeton's? Mr. Fravor stated, the, Princeton's tra the Princeton tracked it and the Nimitz tracked it. The E2 tracked it. We never saw it on our radars or our flight control radar. It never picked it up. The other airplane that took the video did get it on radar. As soon as it tried to lock it on the radar, it split the lock and rapidly switched over to the targeting, which you can do in an F-18. So basically it fucked with their radar mm -hmm. system. Mr. Langley, then said, from what you saw that day and what you've seen on video, did you see any source of propulsion from the flying object, including any potential thermal scans from your aircraft? Mr. Favor said, no, there was none. No IR plumes coming out. And Chad, who took the video, went through all of the EO, which is black and white TV, and the IR modes, and there is no visual signs of propulsion. It is just sitting in space at 20,000 feet. Wow. Then he asks, in your career, have you ever seen a propulsion system that creates no thermal exhaust? He simply answered, no. That's crazy. Yeah. He went on to ask him to describe the aircraft maneuvers. In which Mr. Fravor said that the craft, the Tic Tac craft, moved abruptly and very determined. It knew exactly what it was doing and it was aware of our presence. And it accelerated at which it went from zero to matching speed in wow. snaps his fingers, no time at all. Um, then he questions further and says, if the fa if the flask Fastest, if the fastest plane on earth was trying to do these maneuvers that you say, would it be capable of doing that? He said, no, not even close. Mm. I mean, what do we have that's just like, boom, boom, yeah, boom, boom. Yeah, no. we, yeah nothing. 
He then said, was the aircraft that you were flying, was your craft armed? So was his... his yeah. He says, no, and he never f- felt threatened at all. Oh, so wow. So he didn't have any weapons on him. And then he asked, if the aircraft was armed, do you believe that the craft or any craft in possession of the United States would have shot the TikTok down? And then Mr. Perry said, no. I'd say no. Just on the performance, it would have just left in a split second. So even if they had weapons, missiles, they wouldn't have been able to lock on it because by the time they locked on it, it would be gone. Yeah. They wouldn't even be able to do it. Um, and especially if it has capabilities of disarm, not dis, well, maybe it could disarm, but like, you know, um, messing with radar and stuff, it could probably mess with the missile so it couldn't go off, I'm assuming. Yeah. Like, yeah. disarm it somehow. No, I think so too. Like, that wouldn't even matter if he had anything on him anyway. Yeah. They would have just taken it away, like, made it stop. Yeah, they would have probably if just. They, if they felt a threat, they would have just made the plane go out of the sky. But then they would have to anticipate that he's going to turn the, like, engage the missiles. So they would have to know somehow that he was trying to I wonder to do if that. they have telepathy, tel- if they're telepathic. Or maybe they have, like, uh, x-ray. They can see inside the, yeah. like, what's happening, if they can see the missiles. I, I could believe that. Mm-hmm. So, have you seen the um, Alexa and stuff where they can see what's going on in the house? Like, yes. And where? So if we're yes. just barely starting to get that technology then aliens for sure already have that technology, Yeah, you know? Yeah, they're they're very advanced from what it says. Like, they defy laws of physics, so yeah, I'm sure that so. they can see x-ray vision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or at least see what's going on or hear what's going on or, you know, whatever. They're probably on the ship with them. They don't even know it. They're probably having visibility. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. That, oh, if they're interdimensional, yeah. Uh-huh. Which That's Mr. Gucci said ah. that they might be in the last one. Um, so then um, he then says, uh, so it looks like we have a problem that needs further investigation. And the entire courtroom broke out into laughter. And then Mr. Fravor said, yes. Like, mm-hmm. duh. <laughs> Why do you think we're here? Mm-hmm. He said, um, in your belief, this flying tic-tac, is it capable of being the product of any other nation on Earth? Mr. Fravor said, no. Like I said earlier, I think it defies current material science and the, the ability to develop that much propulsion. I know there has been some physicists who have done calculations, which they said it is beyond anything that we have. So they've been studying they what keep they can. asking these people the same questions like they've asked that how many times about like Well they're this, different they're different I guess yes, they're, and they're different like tic tac to this to that but it's like dude none of the shit is of this world that's why we're doing this. Yeah. Find but, a different question. But also they probably don't know what each other's questions are. Yeah. Like there's so many people asking questions they're probably not like what are you asking? What are you asking? Yeah. Like maybe but they so a lot of the questions are similar. So then he says, well, either, um, he says, Mr. Langworthy then says, well, either the United States has an adversary here in this world that we do not know, or we really have some serious investigations to do. I really appreciate you being here. Is there anything else about the November 4th, 2004 incident that you think it is important for the committee to know that you have not been asked here today? And Mr. Fravor said, no, it's been uh, said that it's probably, 
probably the most credible UFO sighting in history based on all the sensors that were tracking it. Then for us to get visual and go against and to go against all the naysayers, it is something on the screen or whatever. Like it's just like a little blurb on the screen or whatever. I mean, there is four sets of human human eyes. We are all very credible. Of all six of us that were involved, including the video, everyone is going to be everyone has done 20 plus years in the military in a very responsible positions. I'd say the world needs to know that this is not a joke. Mm-hmm. Like they're he's they're just like, real. credible. Yeah. yeah. So then um, he yields back to the chairman and the chairman calls upon Mr. Oglius. Mr. Oglius states, I served on the National Security Subcommittee for the financial services of the committee. So I really want to stay in the national security lane. For all three witnesses, is there any indication that these UAPs could be collecting reconnaissance information? Uh, they all said yes. Mr. Graves said yes. Mr. Grush said that's a fair assessment. Yeah. And Mr. Favor said very possible. Is it possible that these UAPs would be probing our capabilities? They all answered yes, definitely. Is it possible that these UAPs are testing for vulnerabilities in our current systems? Yeah. They all answered yes, very possible. He asked, do you feel based off of your experience and information that you've been privy to, these UAPs provide an existential threat to the national security of the United States? They all answered potentially. Mr. Graves and Mr. Fravor, in the event that in the events that you encountered that became hostile, would you have held the capabilities to would you have had the capabilities to defend yourself, your crew, or your aircraft? Mr. Graves said absolutely not, and mm-hmm. Mr. Graves said no. Mm-hmm. He then said, based off all the information you've been privy to, is there any indication that these UAPs are interested in our nuclear technology and capabilities? Mr. Graves said yes. Mr. Grush said, by external observation, that could be a fair assessment. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Fra- <laughs> he can't just say yes. He's so extra. And Mr. Fravor said yes. And... Then he asks, is there any indication that the Department of Energy is involved in UAP data collection and housing? Mr. Graves said, I do not have an answer. And Mr. Grosh said, I cannot confirm or deny in a public setting. (laughs) And then he says, could you do it in a secure setting? He says, yes. Very skiffy. Mr. Fravor said, no, I don't know. Then... He said to the chairman, I think I am the last member to go, but clearly there is a threat to the national security of the United States of America. As a member of Congress, we have a responsibility to maintain oversight and be aware of these activities so that if appropriate, we take action. I could encourage the chairman to to demand that we all that we have any and all, but in particular, Mr. Grush talking a skiff if that access is denied. I will personally volunteer to initiate the Holum rule 
against any personnel or program or agency that denies access to Congress. And then with that, we are going to end. Um, he does, he, I will say that the, he does yield back to the chairman and they do actually go into overtime. So there is going to be a short part eight, which is going to be the overtime because he was the last speaker, but he did yield the last remaining minutes to Mr. Burchett of Tennessee. So we know I didn't even want to get into that because as soon as he says Mr. Burchett, I know That's it's going to be, be a lot and it's going to be fun. So we'll save that for next time with Mr. Burchett and Miss Luna does also speak. Um, and I believe it's just them two, but there might be one other speaker. And really quick, I just um, Googled what the um, Holman rule is because yeah. I didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. And the Holman rule is a rule in the United States House of Representatives that allows amendments to appropriations leg legislation that would reduce the salary of or fire specific federal employees or cut a specific program. Mm -hmm. So he must be saying that he'll... He's going to get people fired and funding cut because he's part of the... Yeah, because he, he's, he works he's part with the, the financial yeah. committee. So, so he like, can do that. If people aren't... If you're not... If you're denying access... To the to skiff, the, to yeah. talk to Mr. Grush or anyone else. If we can't get with Mr. Grush in a skiff mm -hmm. and we're denied that access, he's basically going to start cut, cutting funding like and firing people. people. So. so you go. <laughs> and, you know, I had a hard time saying his name, but um, again, that was Mr. Ogly, or not Ogly. <laughs> Ogly Bogly. <laughs> Where did I put it? Heather found that it is pronounced Mr. Ogles, O-G-L-E-S. And he is, he serves on the National Security Subcommittee for the Financial Services Committee. And so that's why he is able to um, cut funding and, and get people fired. And call the Holman Rule. The Holman Rule, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, Stay tuned for next week when we do the overtime yes. of the UAP hearing, and that will be the final part, part eight. Um, yeah, thank you for listening, and don't forget to... Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. And again, if you have any of your own UAP or any other uh, phenomenon that you've witnessed, you can email us at conspiraciesunlocked.gmail.com, and we will put you in our next Phenomenal Fan Encounter episode that we are working on. Thank you. Thank Have you. a good day. Bye. Bye.